My story starts a bit like a weather chart, full of highs and lows. Mad, misfit, mercenary or missionary. She said to me, you are lucky. Our friends held us up as the perfect odd couple. I knew this guy was the devil. I had goosebumps running all down my body. And that was the point. That was the moment. Hey, my name's Jess Ong, and you're listening to another podcast episode from Spun, a live storytelling night in Darwin. Now, are you superstitious? Do you have that special pair of undies that you only wear for a sporting grand final or a presentation at work, and otherwise it just sits in the back of your cupboard? Or could you not really care less? I'm on the fence. I think I secretly am a bit superstitious, but I can't quite pinpoint what I'm superstitious about exactly until the moment arises. So it leads to a little bit of confusion. But anyway, Kelly Hosking has spent most of her adult life living and working overseas in public health and disaster management. She's pretty used to mishaps and strange revelations, but on one mission to Fiji, Kelly came across a very superstitious surprise. This story starts in 2008 in Banda Aceh, Indonesia, where I'd been working for a few years with the Red Cross on public health and HIV programs for tsunami survivors. And halfway through that year, I turned 33. And all of a sudden, my biological clock went crazy. (laughs) It was so loud with the tick, 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 ticking. I thought, okay, I've got to do something to shut this up. So at the beginning of 2009, I moved back to my hometown, Melbourne and moved in with a really good friend of mine, Emma. And Emma said, I need to focus on what I wanted and put it out to the universe. And she suggested writing down everything that I wanted and burning it to the next full moon. Now, being a scientific person, (laughs) I didn't think there was much of an evidence base behind this practice, (laughs) but I thought I'd give it a crack anyway. So my problem had never really been finding a man. It was choosing which one to be with. I really wanted love to be like a choose-your-own-adventure book so you could flip to the end and see which path was the right way, but alas, it wasn't. So I concentrated and I wrote down everything I wanted. And at the top of the list, obviously, was someone who was willing and ready to have a baby to shut this fucking clock up. I also wanted someone who was um, willing to go anywhere in the world with me for my work and who was socially-minded, left-leaning and really had this great sense of community. And it became quite comprehensive, this list, anyway. (laughs) And so on the next full moon, we went out to the backyard and under the hill's hoist, I burnt this letter to the moon and I wondered where the ashes would land. A couple of weeks later, we had our housewarming party with the theme, Come Fly With Me Retro Aviation. And I dressed up as this tiny little bumblebee. And (laughs) partway through the party, I opened the door to Superman on a bike, cape flapping in the wind with his masses of dark curly hair and gorgeous blue-green eyes. And he introduced himself as Felipe, our local barista from Chile. (laughs) And Emma had actually invited him as a setup. it turns out. (laughs) But actually, there was instant chemistry, and really quickly I was tangoed into the corner and whisked away from the party to arise several weeks later. And... (laughs) 
Being a very impatient person, I'd already accepted another mission with the Red Cross and I was going on an emergency response mission to Fiji. So I kissed my Latin lover chow and hopped on a plane and arrived in a beautiful place called Reiki Reiki, which is gorgeous, beautiful mountains and deep valleys and had just recently been flood affected. And apparently it was the birthplace of the first Fijian person, just spectacular. And we set up our camp, so we were in like mash-like tents and um, I was in a back tent with eight other delegates all on tiny little bunk beds with mosquito nets over it and I was at the back of that. And on the first night uh, we met with the village chief in the village and he'd taken a liking to me because I'd taken my guitar and it turns out I could play his favourite song, Jolene by Dolly Parton. <laughs> and so <laughs> I was offered the first and massive bowl of kava <laughs> at the ceremony and it was just a beautiful introduction to this spectacular spiritual place. The first day that we went out into the field, we were there out for hours and hours and came back really disgusting and sweaty. So I thought, okay, need a shower. So I went into my tent and as I was approaching my bed, I saw this brown chicken on my bed. And as I got closer, she flew out really peeved that I'd disturbed her afternoon siesta. I was like, what the fuck is a chicken doing in my bed? <laughs> so I just ran out and said, there's a chicken in my bed. And all the Fijian ladies were like, oh my God, you're pregnant! <laughs> <laughs> so I did the calculations. I was a few days late for my period. And there was that broken condom incident a few weeks ago. <laughs> but being a good public health and sexual health nurse, I took myself off to the clinic. <laughs> And I said, I need an STI screen and shall I take the morning after pill? And the doctor said, oh, given the time of your cycle and your age, it'll be a miracle if you got pregnant. So, <laughs> against my better judgment, I decided not to take the morning after pill. But here I was in Fiji with this chicken and no period. It's like, I better lay off the carver for a bit. <laughs> so the next day, I went back out into the field and came back, same scenario, walked into my tent, and there in my dirty clothes were two identical eggs. It's like, what the fuck? So <laughs> I grabbed them and walked out, and I was like, there's two eggs in my bed. And all the Fijian ladies were like, oh my God, definitely pregnant. <laughs> Probably twins. <laughs> oh goodness, okay, still no period. I better actually go and find a real pregnancy test. <laughs> So being in this tiny little village, there were obviously no, no pharmacies. So I uh, hitched a ride to Suva and arrived on a Sunday and almost everything was closed. And I managed to find one pharmacy that was open. And in there, there was one pregnancy test left. And it wasn't even in a box, but I bought it. And <laughs> I was like, okay, I cannot wait to get back to my hotel. I will just find a public toilet somewhere. So I found the public toilet and peed on the stick and waited. The chicken was right. <laughs> Two lines. <laughs> and as I fell to the floor, as my blood left my body, I just thought, actually, I'm so happy. Like, I just felt this amazing sense of completion. I knew I should have been freaking out, but I just felt really happy and closely followed by, what is my young Chilean backpacker going to do? <laughs> And as the cool tiles showed me that cool reality, I thought, okay, I've got to get back home and tell him. 
And so I ran back to the hotel and called my best friend Beth in Darwin to make it real and said it out loud. And then I organised to get home. So in the taxi on the way home, I called Felipe and said, oh, I'm back, do you want to come over? <laughs> and so I thought I'd wait a little bit to tell him, like, ease into it. But I opened the door and he was standing there with a bunch of sunflowers and I just blurted out, I'm pregnant! And he said, oh my God, the drunken Irish guy was right. <laughs> so it turns out, while I was away, he'd been to the retreat pub in Melbourne and he went up to the bar to get a drink and this dude le leaned over to him and said, you're going to be a dad. <laughs> and Felipe's like, oh, no, I don't think so. I've just started seeing this girl and she's not even here. And he's like, sorry, mate, I've never got it wrong. You're going to be a dad. Let me buy you a drink. So what are the chances this failed contraception by a sexual health nurse? <laughs> a psychic chicken, psychic Irish guy, and this baby was due on Valentine's Day. <laughs> and I already knew what I needed to do, so I said to Felipe, look, I'm going to have this baby. You can do what you need to do. And he's like, oh, you're ace. So let's give it a go. I was like, okay, uh, so you better move in, and what's your last name? <laughs> And so, a few weeks shy of Valentine's Day, our beautiful son, Raphael, was born in his own sea of drama and miracle. And then, two years later, the second egg hatched, and our second son, Alejandro, was born. And as I reflect back on that letter burnt many moons ago, I think that those ashes landed in the right barista's coffee. <laughs> We've had so many adventures together and the longest one we've had was moving to Darwin three years ago on Valentine's Day. <laughs> Kelly first shared this story at a spun event in 2016 where the theme was chemistry. We're really humbled at the thought of stories from our tropical town going wandering into ears all around the world, but we need your help to get our podcast out even more. So if you like what you've heard so far, we would really love and appreciate a rating or a review on Apple Podcasts. Your tick of approval is the most important thing to us, and we really appreciate your support and TLC, so thank you. You can find out more about us on our website, spunstories.net, or you can find us on Facebook or Twitter. Just search for Spun Stories. The story producers behind Kelly's incredible tale were Johanna Bell and Gemma Blackwood. Rosa Ellen was the sound editor, with sound production by Gaya Osborne and music by Lajlo Hassani. Funding support for our podcast comes from Darwin International Airport. The Larrakia people are the traditional custodians of the lands on which we gather to connect through story here in the Top End. We're grateful to and acknowledge their contribution to the story-rich place we get to call home. My name's Jess Ong. Thanks for listening. <laughs>